1: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure. You got this, Adidas.
2: Hey all it's Brian Fonseca reporting live from the Milwaukee airport just got the audio of our live podcast from last night we will not contrary to usual policy be editing it will be raw mostly uncut and close to the experience that our fans who came out last night to Blackthorn got so uh, hope you guys enjoy thank you to all of you who came out and hopefully the next time we do this uh, we will see many more of your faces and hear your cheers so thanks again for coming and hopefully you guys enjoy this episode
0: from NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to The Rutgers Rant, your one stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights. With your hosts, Steve Pallitti, and Rutgers insiders, Brian Fonseca and Pat Lenny. Let's start shopping.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome. Wow. How about that?
0: That is real people, real people. Welcome to The Rutgers Rant. We are live. This is Before tonight, the biggest audience for this show is my dog, Otis. But now we have real people here. Um, I think I speak for my co-hosts when I say uh, we did not know what to expect tonight. And we are very excited to see so many people that we have seen over the years, people that we encounter at the stadium, people that we see at the airport coming back from games. Sometimes we have to offer some therapy on those trips coming back from games. Uh, and it's great to see you guys again if you know us. We appreciate you coming uh, And also a lot of guy a lot of people that we didn't we we know from texting and from tec- and from tweeting yeah. and from emailing uh, That we finally can put a face with the name So that's been really cool a lot of a lot of you have been communicating us with us for years and I can go Oh, that's CJ. Well, yeah, that's, that's Joe. So that's that's been great tonight really appreciate you coming for that so fellas a little nervous? How do you feel? How are you feeling about this?
1: I feel like I finally made it in life. You, this uh, is it, huh? This is, this is peak Pat Lanny. Uh, this is peak Pat Lanny. The family showed up. Wow. The, not the most, I know. not the famous podcast part of the family. Yes. My wife Candice, yes. field hockey expert, is home watching the baby. I know, you, can, you guys can boo if you want. Yeah, for but those uh, of you who are
0: not listening, Pat comes in here with a big smile on his face. He's excited about this. Uh, and, and at the first, everyone walks up and goes, Where's Candace? And the look on his face is just like, womp, womp. Ah, But what are you gonna do? That's fine, I'm the
1: the star of the family here tonight (laughs) and that's all that matters.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is also the first time the three of us have ever done this show in the same room too. And usually, and I just, cause Fonseca's uh, roommate is here and this is the first time, so usually he's in the corner of the screen in Zoom and this is also the first time there's been lights on when he's recording. Usually it's like this little dark
2: blob in his in his apartment. So this must be awkward for you. It's very different. Uh, it's weird to know that everyone is going to hear all the dumb stuff we say and the uhs and the ums that I take out when I edit the podcast. So this is raw. It's authentic. And the only people that will hear the dumb stuff are you guys. So you're welcome. Thank you for being here, everybody. We appreciate it. If you, uh, if you drop an F-bomb, we're totally letting it in. Yes. yes. Our sponsor...
0: Of course, Devco, Chris Palladino, you might have heard me do the ad for the Helix. He won't mind if we in it, so that's great. So we thank them, we thank everybody else again. All right, so we've got a lot to talk about here. This is an exciting episode. We're going to talk, of course, we're going to make our Wisconsin Rutgers picks later in the show. We're going to do the uh, world famous alumni game, which has become, has become very popular, except for, you know, the people who don't like it. Um, <laughs> Which Rock is fine. That's part, of That's part of it. part of it. We're going to talk about the schedule that just came out. Big Big Ten news about the best news that Rutgers has gotten in a long time. On the we're gonna, let's talk about schedule. First, we got to talk about this game. And for me, if this is what I was thinking about this game. For me, this is why you got into the Big Ten. Is this? Is this moment? You're four and one. You finally feel good about the direction of the team. You feel like you have a competitive team. You've seen it in. Four, five games now, and you're going on the road, and you're playing one of those teams, right? The best way I can put it, you're playing Wisconsin, you're playing in Camp Randall, you're playing the School of Ron Dane, you're playing a Rose Bowl champion, a pedigree program on the road for a chance to see if you guys have reached that level. And that, to me, is what this is about. Has this Rutgers program gotten to the point where it can compete against Wisconsin, where it can beat a Wisconsin?
2: I want to put the pads on right now, we'll run out of the tunnel. That's <laughs> it! Fire I'm going right to be now. in the locker, Shiano's going to bring me in. i fire up the scotch, I feel good about that.
1: Steve, that what was like it? the best intro we this could have like, possibly <laughs> done. This is so like Rudy! Yeah, that oh, that's was, good night everybody! That was okay. incredible, it's, okay. over.
2: it's Politi- over. Politi is officially a big game player, coming out for the big <laughs> game of the podcast. I think, you know, we talked about this a couple times already, it's an opportunity for a signature win that Rutgers hasn't really gotten in a long time. I asked you guys over text, uh, our text subscribers, where would this rank among the great wins? I would argue this would not rival Louisville because you can't beat Louisville 06, but it'd be definitely up there. I mean, like you said, iconic stadium, iconic team. Uh, They haven't really won a game they're not supposed to since being in the Big 10, right? I think that's fair to say. They haven't won really a big road game in the Big 10 outside of the COVID year. So all the stars are lying for Rutgers to finally break through and kind of emerge on the national stage. Basketball has done that, football hasn't. It's all a matter of, can they, will they? And what do you think, Pat?
1: Sure, I, I, would, I would preface this by saying they did arrive. There was a moment when Rutgers arrived on the national stage. We were around for it. We were still in, uh, I was in elementary school, but Rutgers has been on the national stage. You guys can all attest to elementary that. Elementary school? No, what? Seventh grade, Louisville, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's uh, kind of crazy. But anyway, I would say, Everyth- I-, I say, ex- I agree with you guys completely, 100%. Rutgers needs a statement win in the Big Ten. This is the best opportunity for it after Michigan, <laughs> right? right? We-, we can sweep past Michigan a little bit. The opportunity is ahead, and Rutgers just has to capitalize on the moment. All
0: right, let's talk about this Wisconsin team. Uh, a lot of preseason hype about this team. Probably still the team that if you're going to pick a team to win the Big Ten West, it would be this team, I think. Luke Fickle coming in the guy who's gonna remake this program after some, by their standards, down years. Uh, Tanner Mordecai, the quarterback. Everyone knows Oklahoma to SMU, to Wisconsin. I mean, what do you expect? But this is not, when you're looking at it, this is still not your typical Ron Dane, grinded out, Wisconsin team either.
1: Sure. Yeah, uh, when I look at this Wisconsin team, the, the preseason talk was that this was gonna be an air raid, right? That was the big hot buzz topic, and uh, You think about throwing the ball all over the field and a team that is going to light up the scoreboard. When I think of that, I think of Mike Leach, Washington State. Yes, in a sense, Wisconsin can do that. uh, But for the most part, this is a team with really good balance. Mordecai has done a really good job running. Uh, They've got a terrific running back in Braylon Allen. I'm sure you all all are aware of him. And uh, Luke Fickle, a great success story at Cincinnati. He brought that team to the college football playoff, and now he's the man in Wisconsin to hopefully get the Badgers to the grandest stage.
0: All right, you still look at them, and I, I went right to the roster when you see Wisconsin, and you're like, all right, let's look at the offensive line. You know, 6'5", 320, 6'6", 312, you're here to tell us, though, that it's not, this is not the strength of this team, which is I found interesting. I just assume it is with Wisconsin.
2: As did I, but you start digging into it, looking at the stats, seeing what the writers write, and apparently it's maybe their weakest position, which is really surprising to see out of Wisconsin, and that's really in a place that Rutgers can exploit. Rutgers, obviously, has not been rushing the passer that great, but this is an opportunity for guys like Aaron Lewis to have a big game. They're going to have to stop the run. You mentioned Braylon Allen, one of the best backs in the Big Ten. They usually have a one-two punch. Their second guy, Ches Malusi, broke his leg, so he's out for the year, which is a big issue for Wisconsin because they're gonna have to establish the run to be successful. If Rutgers can make a long day for that offensive line, prevent them from running, force Mordecai to throw the ball, you really put Wisconsin in a tough spot offensively. So I think that's a big key. And then on the other side, I think their defensive line, if the offensive line is their worst position, defensive line might be their second worst, which is good for a Rutgers offensive line that's been really good at protecting Gavin Wimson. Gavin Wimsett, if he has time, has shown he can be effective. He's going to have to be effective against Wisconsin. Their streak is probably their secondary, which is almost having two interceptions a game. Again, we've talked ad nauseam about how Gavin Wimsett's been great not throwing interceptions. This is going to be his biggest test. That's the biggest thing that Rutgers needs. They cannot beat themselves. They cannot have Gavin Wimsett start throwing interceptions. Uh, I think he can avoid it. But that's really, I think, the, the area where this game can be made or broken for Rutgers. Yeah.
0: For me, for me, a lot of the optimism comes from me watching the Michigan game. And I know they lost that game 31-7, to I get it. But it was really, when, when, you, when you start looking, at it, I've seen that game so many times. When you're watching Michigan play and you're like, you knew within like three minutes, forget it. Like there's just a mismatch on the line. I like the way, certainly you thought the defensive line coming in was going to be good. I like the way the off- offensive line's played. I know they're still rotating eight to ten guys. It's not gonna, I don't think it's going to be a mismatch in the trenches like it's been in the past.
1: Certainly not. Rutgers has come a long way in the trenches. We knew coming in in the preseason that the defensive line was going to be great. The big question was, was the offensive line going to be great? Pat Flaherty, the assistant coach, has done a terrific job. Like Steve says, they're rotating 8 to 10 guys to great success. Uh, I think when Coach Ciano talks about the offensive line, he's just as shocked as we are. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> we, were, we were concerned... But to to their credit, Holland Pierce, all those guys, Curtis Dunlop, they've played terrific football, and Rutgers has really run the ball really well. All
0: right, so let's dive into this. What does Rutgers have to do to to win this game? We talked about Gavin Wimsett. We've gone back and forth, and every week we get 100 emails about is he he ready for this moment? I mean, look, the positions he put, where he was last year compared to where he is now, night and day, He's not getting sacked. He's not turning the ball over. You know, he's still, though, not making the consistent throws a lot of the time, too. Is he, you think he's ready for, uh, to face off against a good secondary, against a, 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 a defense that certainly is going to be a step up from what they've faced?
2: I think so. But I'm not sure if he's going to have to make those big plays. I don't think this is a team that you have to go, I know Pat talked about going shot for shot with him, and you might have to do that. Right. But you might be able to beat a team like that with the, the chip shots, especially if their defensive line is not very good, not getting pressure on him. You could kind of nickel and dime your way down the field. You're going to have to hope that his, his running backs uh, kind of have a big game. Sam Brown might be back, getting closer to what he used to be. Kyle Manungai, Aaron Young, getting back to form. They're going to need that, and they're going to need Gavin too. More than make the big plays, because you're right, he really hasn't had many explosive plays. They just need him to not turn the ball over. And as we talk, this game is probably going to go down to the wire, down to the fourth quarter. I think we all kind of think that's going to happen. If he's in a position where he has to drive down the field, as we talked about on Monday, is he going to be able to do it? I'm still not convinced of it. I think he's a lot closer to doing so than he was last year. I'm not convinced of it. I think that might be a big moment in the game, and he might have a chance to prove us wrong. I'm not quite ready to say, I think he'd do it.
1: I'll just add, when I think about Gavin Wimsett, I think about a, a sophomore mm-hmm. who has really grown before our eyes. Your, your eyes, mostly. I mean, think of the steps this kid has made from last year. Last year he threw more interceptions than touchdowns. He was all over the place. But with Kirk Sciarocca, they've simplified the offense for him and really just made things better for him overall. And he's really, he's really grown. I don't think he's ready to be the guy lighting up the Big Ten, but I think he's the quarterback that Rutgers needs right now. And he's efficiently shown that he can handle this offense. Now is the question of whether he can win for this offense. All
0: right, for me, what I want to see on the other side of the ball is we've talked so much about this Rutgers secondary being a bunch of guys in the pros. I don't think the secondary's played up to its level yet. I would I think for Rutgers to win this game you're going to need Max Melton to be a guy that everyone thinks going to be with Christian Izzy in the NFL. You're going to need Robert Longerbeam to have a big game. You're going to need to see some of those guys uh, cover in a way that they might not have covered against Michigan. Maybe play to, maybe take it to a level cuz I don't think you're going to win this if the turnover battle is zero is even. It's got to be two nothing. It's got to be something where Rutgers wins that and that's where it's
2: going to happen. 100% and I, I think they need a big play from somewhere. Whether that's a pick six, a scoop and score, even maybe a special teams player, Rashad Rochelle, can kind of be the ultimate redemption story and go from a guy who gave away a touchdown in the season opener to winning the game with a touchdown mm-hmm. return, so I 100% agree. I think that's something that's gonna need to happen to break open the game. Um, again, I, I agree with you, they haven't shown the ability to do that quite yet. Max Melton, bit of a down year. Longer beams has been solid. Nothing big. Flip Dixon has gotten a couple of impressive picks. Hasn't brought them back to the house. I agree with you, they need a big play. And if it doesn't come from the offense, the defense is gonna be the one that has to do it, for sure.
1: Yeah, I'll just add that Shiano's best teams are always opportunistic on defense. When that defense is taking the ball away, hitting the the quarterback, the pass rush is really effective. That's when Rutgers is at its best. We haven't seen the pass rush really dominate a game. And and that's a bit of a surprise to me. I thought, you know, the the defense is really gonna be based around the blitz getting after the quarterback. I was looking at Aaron Lewis to be really, I know he had two sacks last game against Wagner, but he just hasn't, the, the whole collection of pass rushers necessarily, hasn't necessarily been as dynamic as I thought it was going to be. So the good news is there's uh, seven games left, right? So it's time to turn it on if you're the defense. You got to make some turnovers. You got to get after the quarterback, and, and this is the best opportunity to do it.
0: This is an interesting theory I had. Tell me if you agree with it. I think it might be easier to have the have the signature upset on the road.
2: No. And
0: here's my here's my theory. Here's my theory. There's less pressure, you're not playing in front of the home crowd. You don't have all the anxiety of knowing your family's there, girlfriends, tickets, stuff, crowd, all that. When you go on the road, you're just with, there's just 80 of you. You're with, you're on, you're in the hotel, you head into the tunnel. I don't know. I think there's something to be said for this happening away from Piscataway. You disagree? Tell me why.
1: I disagree because I think home field advantage in college football is a legitimate factor. Think of the Rutgers night game even this season. That place was rocking uh, against Temple. Certain the, the student section was incredible. The lights, everything. I, I think when you have that kind of atmosphere, it really makes a difference. So That's why I think special moments happen in environments like that. Just think about Louisville, USF. Yeah. It's always the crowd has some sort of factor. And I think on the road, I think you get a little bit more jittery. That's why I, I feel I feel the opposite. I, I completely disagree with you. <laughs> Tie breaker.
2: I agree with Pat. Uh, of course you do. Camp, right. I, of course. Camp Randall's an iconic stadium, big crowd, they have to jump around, they play build me up buttercup, okay. really gets the, flo- the juices flowing. And historically, all of Greg Ciano's iconic wins have all come at home. I can't remember a huge upset on the road. I don't think Rutgers has had a road top 25 win since the 40s against Harvard, I believe. I believe so. I really do, so. Is he
0: making that up? Does anybody know <laughs> We've got an audience here. Yeah, I, what was the biggest, what is the biggest Rutgers road win in recent memory? I, I what? Penn State in, what year was that? 1988. In 1988. I wasn't born yet. Tennessee, oh Tennessee, of course. The big win over Tennessee. No, that was in and, 1981. That was 1981? I was not so, born yet. Arkansas. Arkansas, Arkansas wins. Kyle Flood's signature win. Absolutely. Nova. Gary Nova, Kyle Flood. Those are three uh, big ones. Arkansas wasn't ranked. Right? Arkansas was yeah. Princeton, 1860. <laughs> okay. That was it all. Um, all. Those are three big wins on my, on my ledger.
2: Oh, how about this
0: century? This century? Okay. Good point. There has
2: not been one this century. I'll give you that. Right. So that would be breaking the, the trend. And right. That would actually add to yeah. the win of the, you know, if you do get that win, how important it is just to kind of break through so many walls. Right. And to touch on something you said earlier, Rutgers showed that it can stay close with the big boys against Michigan. They've broken through that part of the rebuild. They're at a point where it's not a surprise that they don't lose by 40 points against the top teams in the Big Ten. Right. I think we're at a point where you gotta kinda of show that you can beat these teams, not just stay close. So that's another thing that I wanna see from It would be a
0: surprise if they did lose that way. That's how I feel about it now. Whereas yeah. sure. Sure. I used to look at it like, it'd be you're looking for it to be close, now I think it's gonna be close, I expect it to be close. That's the difference. Sure. Alright, before we do our picks, Big news today, if you weren't uh, on your phone, the Big Ten released its opponents for the next five years. Woo! Uh, and it's fascinating for Rutgers. It is just, I, I think, just about as good as Rutgers could have hoped for the 2024 schedule. They've been trying to get Penn State or Michigan or Ohio State off the schedule now for 10 years. All three of them are off the schedule in 2024. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, that's worth a round of applause. Absolutely, I wouldn't. I mean, I saw that. I'm reading the schedule. I'm like, I had to read it the second time. Like, wait, what? What? Because each time, like, where's Penn State? Oh, where's Michigan? Oh, where's Ohio State? Um, of course, it's the Big Ten. So you're replacing them with UCLA, USC, and Washington. I would argue, though, that is you would rather have a, you would you, the devil you don't know in this situation. Yeah. Mix it up, plan, and. and The fact you're playing on the road at USC, I would not be surprised. I'm going to make a prediction. That's going to be USC's first Big Ten game.
1: It's Rutgers. At Rutgers.
0: New York, LA, it's going to be totally, that's going to be a huge national game. I bet you that's what they're going to do. Put that game on. Um, On Peacock? uh, Peacock. (laughs) Good line. (laughs) Labor Day weekend. Maybe not that soon, but early on, right? Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, Good opportunity. Washington's good, but they're gonna lose their quarterback.
2: UCLA is not great. I mean, they're good, they're not a great program to schedule. Sure, UCLA does have Chip Kelly, who, as Greg Sciano reminded you 70 times last week, was on the New Hampshire team that upset them. Yes. So I wouldn't count my chickens before they're hatched. My biggest thing about 24 is we're going to LA, finally. We yes. had to wait three years in the original schedule. That's great. My sad thing is we're not going to Eugene until 28. I'm bummed out about that, but I think that's It comes at a perfect time when I think this is, Shiano's talked about the pipeline a lot. I think 24 is the year where the pipeline starts to open up Mm -hmm. and the schedule works out that it's not easy, but easier than it's ever been. So I think on paper, because a lot of things change, huge opportunity for Rutgers to have, if it doesn't happen this year, a breakout season where they come out and become the program that Shiano thinks they can become.
1: I just want to make the point when Washington, before Washington and Oregon joined the Big Ten, the, the conference put out the schedule. And Rutgers got absolutely screwed, if you saw that schedule. They had—they—they they got the entire Big Ten East, yeah. right? Except bad. Indiana. So that was the big joke. Like, how is Rutgers still playing the Big Ten East yeah. without Indiana? Well, they the trained, one, they the trained, one you want to play. They, they took it, it in away. They Indiana yes. for UCLA. So they went from getting absolutely <laughs> hosed to really having, like, the best schedule possible in 2024. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm – Eyes wide open for 2024. I think it's probably the best case scenario for Rutgers.
0: And home games, Illinois, Minnesota, UCLA, Washington, Wisconsin away. Maryland, Michigan State, Nebraska, USC. Nebraska's down, as we know. Should be better, but they're down. Uh, we'll see if they measure up against Wisconsin right now. Um, Illinois is
1: down. What do you think of the Maryland matchup that they get every year? Like, I know, obviously, it's a natural rival and all, all that. What do you think of that? I
0: think they wanted that before Maryland got good. No, they have to have one team, and Maryland's the right team. You want to have at least one team that you're playing You don't want it to be Penn State. Sure. I mean, so you want it to be a team that is your rival. I don't think Maryland... Interesting, I don't know if Maryland views it that way, but... Um, yeah, that's that's a game that's got to be on the schedule every year. I think the two East Coast teams.
2: I don't think Maryland views it as a rival, and I don't think Rutgers views Maryland as a rival. They're rivals that don't consider each right. other rivals. Uh, I still think they should get. I, th- I think Crash had a great line about the I ninety five trophy. I really think they should make that official to end the debate and make them official rivals. I thought
0: we were just going to give them Delaware. The winner gets Delaware. <laughs> Isn't that what we decided? I like that. Like that's good. it's,
1: good.
2: it's uh,
0: good. All right. Do we want to do the picks? How do you feel? You ready to do the picks? Or do we want to save the, the picks for picks? later? Why don't we save the picks for the end? Sure. Make them stay. All right. Do you yeah. want to go, would you do the alumni game then now? Sure. All right. So if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that we have given Brian a fair amount of grief. i am going to tell the story just in case people are unfamiliar with the origin of this. We are covering Dayton in Dayton. We're covering Rutgers, Notre Dame in Dayton. The game ends, if you remember double overtime, the game ends at like 1 a.m. We have a 6 a.m. flight out of Columbus. So the two of us aren't exactly fresh as a daisy. Rushing back from Dayton to Columbus. He's in a bad mood already. He's in the passenger seat of the car writing. There's a 1,000 signs on the interstate to John Glenn International Airport. And I just kept on saying, oh, OK, they turn left for John Glenn International Airport. We finally get there. We're pulling in to the airport, bring the rental car back in. And Brian yells out, who the hell is John Glenn anyway? <laughs> and I, I was just like, wait, what What? What did you do? What? Who the hell is John Glenn? And I was just gobsmacked and couldn't get over this until, what time is it now? Still haven't gotten over this <laughs> to this day. They didn't know John Glenn was. And so it became a thing. And then a few, was it a, like next year or a few? Next,
1: Next year, year at Minnesota.
0: football season, they're in Minnesota. You tell this story, i wasn't in Minnesota. There
1: we're walking around downtown, getting dinner, and there's a great statue of Mary Tyler Moore. And I jump up, high-five the statue. Brian's like, <laughs> who's Mary Tyler Moore? <laughs> and I, I was like, that one is unforgivable. John Glenn, oh, okay, oh, all John right, Glenn's fine. He's an I American hero.
0: Okay. Mary all
1: Tyler Moore... that's when this really became a thing
0: so the origin story is important here we decided that this year because Brian's a good sport sure that we would quiz him on a famous alumni from the schools and this is what we've been doing each week if you're unfamiliar with this Um, the origin story is important this week just keep that in mind we have five so we're leaving five alums we're gonna give one point for the first one and five points for the last one. I'm setting the line at uh, six and a half. Taking the over or under?
1: So you guys don't see this on Zoom every week, but every time he asks me this question, I stand up and I go, I'm with Fonzie. Because <laughs> I can't let my boy go down like that. I got his back
0: always. Okay, I that. Thank you. thank you, thank you. Of course I'm taking the under. Um, I got the over. What do we got? Who's got the over? He's gonna get it, over.
2: All right. Uh, everyone's got, got, got the
0: under. Everyone. Under. Who's got the under? <laughs> right. You've got to put
1: these people in their place. Wait, this wait. Is great. Before that, before that, this is great. I got a, like, a special podcast surprise.
0: What is this? I didn't know there were surprises.
1: Oh, yes. The official basement. Cat <laughs> Lanny. This is what Lanny wears during the
0: podcast. You can't use either.
1: Here you go, buddy.
0: Uh, nice. He's in Nutley, New Jersey, and he's dressed like. Uh, Holly Walnuts for the podcast every week. How do
1: I look? This is good. Good. You That's got this, nice. buddy. You got this. I hope you guys know that
2: when I edit this podcast, I'm going to reverse the cheers. Do you have over, yay, under. Do you have that in double XL.
1: Uh, okay. Mm-mm.
0: So you get one point for the first one. As always, the first one. I, I should hope. I really hope. You really, you got to get the first one. All right, ready? Sure. Can you tell us who?
2: Wisconsin alum, Dick Cheney is? Oh. Richard Cheney was the Vice President of the United States <laughs> under George W. Bush. Yeah. 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 One point, That's good. good job, good start. One point, okay, one
0: point, good start, good start. There was one, what was the one that I was not sure about? I forget, there was one I'm like, are you sure he's gonna know who this is?
1: Diplo. Uh, <laughs> Diplo, <laughs> all, right. all
0: right, two, number two, two points. Can you tell us who Wisconsin alum, Joan Cusack is, Joan Cusack.
2: Joan Cusack? Joan Cusack, Wisconsin alum. I'm gonna default to my usual binary. (laughs) Is it an actress? Yes, it is an actress. Do
0: you know, perhaps,
2: (laughs) what show? who she might be related to. <laughs> I, I I know the last name. I know it's a man, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I know it's an actor. Uh, not John, is it? Yes, yes. Oh, John Cusack. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay.
0: Okay. Okay. What was he? Who was John Cusack in? John Cusack, who was John Cusack in? Every movie made from 1987 to, you know, like, right, yeah. Till, till now. Yeah. Okay, okay. Say anything, he held up the boom box. Oh, and say yes, anything. yes, I know that. Oh, Good okay. job,
2: all right, two for two. Turn the laptop, Three points. I can see the laptop, turn the laptop. There you go I can see the answers. you can Well, I can not now, but you were turning it over. Okay. To working
0: me. out the live which is cheating. I, I can I can come up with new ones if you All saw cool, these right away. Cool. I, I didn't
2: see them. Right. I, I came awfully close.
0: Number three gets a little harder, I think but I think it's getting a little harder. Can you tell us who Wisconsin alum Charles Lindbergh is? oh, oh yeah.
2: that's a great one. He's a pilot yes! <laughs> <laughs> Look.
0: Why is he? What, what did he do? Did he put pilot? Did,
2: didn't he crash?
0: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Did he crash? Really? Can someone Google that? I don't recall that part of history, but what did he... Famous flight,
2: he didn't... Across the world? Not across the world. Across the Atlantic. Across the Atlantic, yes. And his, his baby was,
1: was... Kidnapped from his famous yeah. New Jersey home. Right.
2: That I had no idea. <laughs> that I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, we're going to give it to him now, pilot? Yeah, of course.
2: I actually printed that. one.
0: He's <laughs> already hit the over. I hit the over. hit the over already. No, you didn't. It was six and a half, I Oh, said. six and a oh. half. Oh. He's got to get oh. one of these last right. two rows. Wow. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. For four points and the win, okay. which means you won't have to get the last one. It would be a disappointment, but I think you can get this one.
2: I'm going to miss it on purpose.
0: Can you tell... No, <laughs> you're not. Can you tell us who Wisconsin alum Frank Lloyd Wright is? Oh.
2: A fake person that you made up <laughs> for the purpose of this show. Uh, he was... A. <laughs> he's going to say an actor. please, say an actor. No, it's either actor or singer, but I'm not going to say either. <laughs> he's a historian. No.
0: No.
1: Can anyone tell us Architects.
0: who. Architects. Yes, thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> Frank Lloyd Wright is he's not just an architect, <laughs> he is America's architect. greatest architect what,
2: of all time. What, what did he build?
1: What, what did he, he just, build? <laughs> <of water. laughs>
0: Yeah, every famous building in America. The White House. No, he didn't build the White House. Okay. So this is this is a tough one. For the win in five points, a lot of stress here. Okay? I'm gonna give this to you. Try not to respond. Audience, please. This is important. And I'm gonna give you a hint if you don't get it right away. Okay. Okay? Okay. For five points in the win, can you tell us who Wisconsin alum
2: Jim Lovell is. Okay, was he do, alive in the past 200 years? Yes. Okay. Do I? Do you want a hit? You need a hit. I need a hit. Desperately. Okay. Tom
0: Hanks played him in a famous movie. Not Castaway.
2: That was, that was no, fun.
0: Ca- I don't think Castaway was. No, I don't think Castaway was based on a, on a, on a real story. Not Forrest Gump, that was fake. That was also fake. Yep, Forrest Gump is a different. This guy, yeah. Tom
2: Hanks, was in a lot of fiction. Tom Hanks
0: was in a lot of movies. <laughs> yep. um, can you give me a genre of movie? Um, historical. Um, genre. Historical. historical action. Yeah. Historical action. That's good.
2: Historical action. Historical movie. action. Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks. Who else was in it? No, who else was in it? Gary Sinise? Gary Sinise? Was who is in that? Gary really?
0: Sinise? Oh, you're right. Is Gary it? Sinise? It was serious,
1: it was. This is going, going downhill. Anybody else got a good hint here? gonna you know help me out?
0: Yeah. What? What? See? <laughs> Famous line: "Houston, we have a problem." Yeah,
2: he was an astronaut. Yeah. Yes! Yeah. Yes, he was. Yes, yeah. the second astronaut.
1: <laughs> there it is.
0: What is that? Do you now know the movie at least? What's the movie? Astronaut in a movie, Tom Hanks. Interstellar. What is it? What is it? Apollo 13. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so there's is. Right. That was a tough round.
1: That was, a, that what was do you mean that, that was a, was a tough t- how am I not going to give him the astronaut after? No. Listen, that was, that was what of all the what, alumni so far, except okay. for Wagner, FCS opponents, that was the toughest Neil one. Neil
0: Armstrong, John Glenn, Jim Lovell is the third oh, well, most famous oh, astronaut of all time. Oh, that's
1: why you said the origin story. I, said, I tried to give him the like hit. Oh, I was putting it on a brighter red. Man. That was
0: good. All right, so do we give it to him or no? No. no. OK.
1: No. <laughs> Six.
0: Once again, the under wins. Thank you. Good job. This was rigged. This was
2: rigged.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, now to the other segment of Boomer vs. Zoomer. Mm-hmm. I have now pulled up RaisingTeensToday.com, <laughs>
0: where we Which I am doing now, currently. Which Christine Boddy is doing, go.
1: so this is perfect. We will now quiz Steve on what oh. the millennials are saying.
0: OK. Do
1: you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? <laughs>
0: Whenever you'd like. Wait, when the all right. even I have it deep. up. Okay. Do you feel like you're an opener or a closer in your, your word? You got this?
1: I got this. All right. All right. The word is yeet. Y E E T. Yeet. Oh, I know this. I've heard yeet. Yeet. Can it's you like, use it in a sentence?
0: Uh, it's like when you say, uh, like you're totally into it. Yeah, you eat. Yeah, I'm eat. eat? Yeah. <laughs> yeet? Yeah. Yeet? We go when you go to when you go to the Dunbar Tavern in Bloomfield. You go yeet, yeet. See no, the millennials in the
1: crowd are booing you because Boo. you are very inaccurate, Steve. Yeet means to throw something very hard or fast, like Gavin Wimpson Really? That dude just grabbed my phone and yeet, yeeted it into the river.
0: I don't believe that's true, Daddy. You made that up. That's Reading
1: sus You got to do a better job. That
0: is sus. Totally sus. sus. Totally, sus. totally sus. sus. That was Man.
1: a week. that was a word from previously. I'm,
2: I'm, hey, I'm here, here trying, trying to push the P, and you're telling me this.
1: <laughs> Come on. Another millennial word Steve has learned pushing yeah,
2: the P. When we're in the press box now. on Saturday, and Gavin right. throws a deep pass, I need That's to hear yeet. you later.
1: Yeet. He heated that. Yeet. Yeet.
2: Yeet. 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 that
0: exactly. Yeet. Just like that. Like that? There you go. That's how the kids say it? Perfect. Okay. Perfect. That's it. All right. Good okay. job.
2: On. Thank you, as always. I appreciate still, it. We, we still got one more. You got one more. We have three to pick from. I will pick my personal favorite. Okay. Drip. What is drip mean? I'll give you the hint. I have drip. When you when you're like you dress well, you you're, you're yeah, charismatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Nice job. I got nice mad trip. drip. Come on. Right. Yes you do. Yes yeah, you do. Yes you do. Yes drip. <laughs> nice job.
1: Next pod, I'll bring a jacket for you. You get the drip. <laughs> oh, thank you.
0: Appreciate it. Extra extra large, please. That's <laughs> nice of you. Experience the Heldridge Hotel, a luxury hotel that's perfect for both the business and leisure traveler. Ideally located within minutes of Rutgers University, the Heldrich is convenient to all the action and activities at SHI Stadium, Jersey Mike's Arena, and the Rutgers University campus. The moment you walk through the doors of the Heldridge Hotel and Conference Center, you know you're someplace different. A place with an independent spirit and a boutique vibe. A place where you can immerse yourself in your meeting or event as easily as you can the local culture. Located in the heart of the city, The Heldridge lets you experience all that New Brunswick has to offer. Whether you're coming to New Brunswick for a fun weekend with friends, in town for a Scarlet Knights game, or attending a business meeting, book your accommodations today at theheldridge.com. All right, good job. That's the fun portion of the podcast. (laughs) Do you want to do our picks now?
2: Do they want to hear our picks now? Want to hear our picks? picks? All
0: right, we're going to do our picks before the questions, because questions could get out of hand. You never know. Sure. All right. So what, is the, what are the current standings? You're still up by a game because of the greatest, the greatest back, Keanu's greatest backdoor cover of all time. Yeah. Saved us all. Aaron Young. You just know somewhere in Vegas that game was on like a television, and there were like 15 people. So we are. what's our, what's our current record?
2: So I'm four wins, one tie, 0, zero Ls. Uh, and you guys are tied at three wins, one, three, one tie, one. Okay. 1 L. All right. And what is the line? Uh, It opened at 14, it's down to 12 and a half. I say we go 13 and a half, split the difference.
0: 13 and a half, I like it, okay. All right, you go first, you're winning. Tell us your thoughts, come on. So I'll go first.
2: I would love, especially in front of all you guys, to say Rutgers is gonna march into Madison, pull off the epic win, and we all ride off into the sunset. Um, I think it would be a huge win, program-defining win, all that good stuff. And I think Wisconsin is not that great in a lot of key areas. But, but, I think it's going to go deep into the fourth quarter. I think Wisconsin is going to score a touchdown to go up seven with four minutes to go. And I think Gavin Wimsett's going to throw a back breaking interception that's going to go Uh back for a pick six. Uh And.
1: Uh Uh (laughs) The the
2: positive spin. The positive
1: spin. I'm not
0: pushing any P here. I'm not pushing any P. We've got a room full of
2: people wearing
0: scarlet. We've given them beer.
2: That's why they should be fine with my point. Also, the score will look a lot worse in the game. So, I got Wisconsin 31, Rutgers 17.
0: Okay. You're picking the cover, too. I'm picking the cover. All right. Okay. You are in first place. People
1: got to listen to you, I guess. Zero losses. All right. right. Zero. Zero losses. Why don't you go next? Okay. Sorry, Rutgers fans. Oh, <laughs> I can make this a little more succinct. Wisconsin, they can throw the ball all over the fields. Rutgers hasn't proved they can stop the pass to a high degree yet. I think this is just a bad matchup. Rutgers can't score in droves. Rutgers is a methodical offense. I don't think it has that quick strike that it needs to hang with Wisconsin. I see the Badgers putting up a lot of points in this one. I'm along the same lines as Brian going Wisconsin 30, Rutgers 20, Rutgers covers.
0: Mm. This is why everyone hates you too. That's all I got to <laughs> say. This is it. All right. Well, let me just say about this game. I wasn't going to travel. Kevin Manahan, my boss back there, is like, are you sure you're not going to go? What if they win? And I'm like, you know what? What if they win? You're right. So I'm getting on a plane tomorrow night because I think sometimes things happen in sports you can't explain. I think this is going to be one of those instances we're going to be walking out of that stadium saying, what just happened? I think they're think this program is due? I think I like the fact it's on the road. I like the, I think Wisconsin's overrated. I think they're early on. Yeah. The, early on in the rebuild. Early, yeah. early on in the rebuild. I'm going Rutgers 17, Wisconsin 16. Give me the phone. Wow. Yeah. This, yeah. this place.
1: Somebody's just oh. high oh. up place oh. oh. in the audience. It. That's it. That's Mr. Felitti. That so hard. What was, was hard hard about this? Pushing the P as always. I am pushing the P as always. As always. Classic Homer. Thank told you very much. much. I totally saw that copy.
0: And I'm not, I just, I really do got, i, I got got a feeling. I just have a feeling about this. All
1: right. All and all right. as you know, I'm never wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> you got it? You got it? How much, how much is that, how much is that film going to cost you? <laughs> Thank right, you. Run on eBay. <laughs> I can autograph it for you, lady, you can you really, gets, really get nothing for it.
1: That was terrific.
0: Thank you. I like that. Huh? You were
1: playing to the crowd, as usual. Of I mean, but I was going to
0: pick it. them if we weren't doing this.
1: All right. You say I that. I swear I was going to pick you them if we sw- weren't You doing say that. This. <laughs> all right.
0: Want to do the audience questions now? Want to try Let's it? Let's do it. Let's all right. do it. So we have a microphone up here. I have three beer tickets left. So the first three people who ask a question get a ticket. Wow. But you can't. Anyone who asks the question get a ticket, don't worry. You can't. The one thing you just can't go back by that speaker I was told because it'll be a. a, a, a feedback. An issue, <laughs> feedback. Right here, ma'am. What's your name?
1: My name is Midge Buchanan. Uh, this is not uh, not actually a question, so I won't get a ticket. Okay. This is actually a shout out to um, a faithful listener, Pep Sarone, who <laughs> Pep was a good friend of mine, dear friend of mine, plus, yeah. and his 1976 teammates who were just inducted into the Hall of Fame. So yeah. the undefeated Rutgers team 76, oh, yeah.
0: arguably the greatest team in Rutgers history, right? One of them, absolutely. So Okay, Rebecca. Okay. You want a beer? I'm Rebecca. Is it working? I'll repeat it just in case. Okay. It's
1: not working. Oh, there it goes. There we go. I'm Rebecca. I'm doing this for the beer ticket. I was told I can ask anything. Who is John Glenn?
2: Who is John Glenn?
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's the question? Yep. That's the question.
0: Pull up the Wikipedia. I love it. Pull up the Wikipedia. It. You would have thought he had. it. best point about it. he gets so angry. He had. All, he had his laptop open. I think at the moment he could have googled it. Look, can I answer this question? Yes,
2: you can, please. John Glenn, is an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and and, yes, was. May he rest in peace. And a senator. Yes. yes and yes. a great man yes who <laughs> <Boy>, I <I'm laughs> disrespected if you were funny
0: you would have said start in his own sitcom opposite Dick Van Dyke and you would have pulled in both the Wow <laughs> cuz that's who married Tom never mind all right anyway more questions can, we, can you come up so you don't get the you get the here's Al's got Al's got it, it. Al. Rucker's Al
2: I can't Let's tell you when you're
0: like when you're wondering who's gonna come to your thing and you're like you see Rutgers Al walk in you're like Holy cow, we have a real, this is a real event.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like. All right, guys, so I'm gonna ask you to indulge my fantasy, right? Because okay. you know me as the, one of the most optimistic fans. Um, so the fact is Rutgers has the number t- is number 10 in total defense in the country, yeah. whereas Wisconsin is number 71 Ooh. in total defense in the country. Stats. So I feel very good about our chances. So my question is, assuming we win the next three games, does the Ohio State game shape up to be pandemonium in Piscataway too? Wow. What great question. <laughs> I, love,
0: I love the fact that you just that you just glossed over Michigan State and Indiana. Like they're just they're just W's right there. This is, they've officially made it.
1: I mean, well, the logic is: if we beat Wisconsin, we are absolutely gonna steamroll Michigan State and Indiana.
2: Sure. That's what they said in 2006 when they beat Louisville. They were going to steamroll Cincinnati, and then they lost. And then after they beat Michigan State, they would steamroll New Hampshire. Uh, So when it comes to Rutgers, do not count your chickens before they hatch. But to answer your question, to answer your question, I was the original Rutgers is going to beat Ohio State guy in week two. In week two. You remember
1: Absolutely I said they'd
2: have a 10% chance. A 10% chance. If they win the next three games, I'm going to up that all the way up to 12%. I gave Rutgers a 12% chance to beat Ohio State. That's the awesome. ultimate option.
0: <laughs> How about just this? How pushing about this? some P man, on this podcast.
1: How about this? 7-1 Rutgers. Say Ohio State's undefeated. Would it possibly be the first time college um, game day comes to Piscataway? Yes. Yeah. Yeah!
0: Uh, the question with that is, would the net-witty ESPN do it based on the sure. fact you're going to Fox? That's the one thing. It's like the, a big... Yeah, like, yeah, they stab him in the back. But, I mean, they should. It should be. Even at six and two, you can make the argument. Sure. I don't know what other games are that weekend, but I believe that is the
2: weekend of the first college football game anniversary. Oh, wow!
0: So they, this is
2: a proposal you can make. They didn't go to Rutgers in the 200, not 200. What? What year? 150th. Thank you. Thank you. The 150th anniversary. This could be a makeup call. You know? I'm I,
0: just saying. I will say this, Al, and I I know my reputation precedes itself. In 2006, I forget what game they won, but early in the year they won a game, and I wrote like. This fantasy like this could get rolling and it's gonna to be Tony Soprano's gonna to be and they are gonna win their first and they, and the, here's how they get to the how they get to the Rose Bowl or whatever yeah. it was. And they they got to 9 0, right? Yeah. It almost ha- it's almost possible. Anything
1: can happen. That's yeah. a great question. It's yeah. a great, great question. question. Yeah. And then it's getting more and more realistic. It's that getting was, more and more right. realistic every yep. week. The they went on the road, they beat a
0: tough South <laughs> Florida team. Yep. Who's got? Anybody else got a question? Pass it. Oh.
1: You go. I feel like Mac Jones following Tom Brady after Rutgers out. <laughs> <laughs> it's an all Come new on, situation. God. So switching gears, after you've seen practice, are they a tournament team? Are they a bubble team or are we just praying for the NIT and a three seed and not losing in the first round again?
0: Uh, good question. You've been there a couple more times than I
2: have. You were immediate, a lot of optimism about basketball. What do you think? Are they a tournament team? I've seen them twice. I don't take too much away from practice. It's a bit of a different atmosphere than playing in a game. I think there's too many new faces. I think they lost too much talent. I th- I'm being very optimistic today as you can tell. <laughs> I think they lost too much talent. I don't think they replaced it adequately. I don't think they have enough shooting. I think the playing fast thing is a little too overstated at this point. I think NIT is probably their ceiling. Maybe they're in the bubble race in February on paper, but I would say I'd be surprised if they made the tournament. I'd be surprised if they made the tournament. I think this is a transition year between the old guard and then obviously in 2024, if all goes to plan, they'll have the top five recruiting class and become the circus in Piscataway. So, sorry to be pessimistic, but I would be very surprised if Rutgers makes the tournament this spring. But I've been wrong many times before with basketball, so I think, who I, knows?
0: I think there's a cup for me, it's a couple factors. I think if, if Mag is it gets back as quickly as they think it will, that's a big deal. Uh, I think for, if Fernandes, they all raving about him at point sure. guard. If he is as good as they think, he, I mean, Cliff loves him. If he is as good as they think he is there, I think they've got a chance. And then is Gavin Griffith going to replace? What Cam yeah, Spencer gave you is that gonna Is he going to be? You watch him and mean like he is the. Re, I mean, he's like a real. Deal. He can shoot. He looks like Mike Dunleavy out there. He's, you see him swishing NBA threes. We've argued. We argued about this in the last podcast. I think he will make Rutgers fans forget about Cam Spencer. You think that that's a big, uh, a big road, a big bridge to cross.
2: Those are I, two episodes you've made very bold predictions. you say, You're saying Rutgers is going to beat Wisconsin this Saturday. I did. You're yep. saying Gavin Griffiths, a freshman who has never played in a college basketball That's game exactly ever, what I said. Yep. is going to be the third best three-point shooter of I the have, century.
0: I have 50 witnesses to confirm <laughs> I said that, yes.
2: I, I was, I'm sitting next to you, I don't believe it, so.
0: <laughs>
2: we'll have these fine folks back when that is proven correct. Pat, if, time if, break. If, Wait, if Gavin Griffiths shoots better than Cam Spencer on threes, Everyone here, I will buy you all a beer. No tickets. Oh,
1: wow. Anyway.
0: wow.
2: And Mr. Griffiths, is Mr. Griffiths is listening is to this. What is it?
0: Is it percentage or is it number of threes? Which one?
2: Higher percentage on at least 100 attempts.
1: Okay. All right. got to set the bar. All right, okay. someone write this down. All right, someone write this down. We have a recording, I, I think. I'll, I'll I just, I'll take just it add out. this I'll take quickly. Out. Like, <laughs> you got to believe in Pico at this point. I mean, from where this program has gone to where it is now, yeah. this... The foundation is set, and I just feel like, sure, it could be a transition, but I believe in Pikes. Yeah. I really do, and I think he's the right coach. He knows how to get these guys going, and I won't argue with you on the nuts and bolts of it, but I, I, I'm a little, I'm a lot, actually a lot more optimistic than you. We'll, we'll see. We'll I, don't see.
0: Think, I don't think the Big Ten's not as good, so my, that might factor in. Other questions? Yes, can we get the microphone to this gentleman? Pass it back. Here you go.
1: Yeah, this is an amazing question. This is an amazing question.
0: Okay, Exciting. Let's go back in time. Back
1: in time. If Sciano didn't leave in 2011-12, two years before we got into the Big Ten, and he stayed, where would we stand now with recruiting? Because everybody said he couldn't recruit. He couldn't recruit in the Big Ten. Yeah. Look what he's doing right now. Without even recruiting that well, he's building a program again. So what do you guys think about that?
0: That is a great question. Yeah, yeah we, this is, I think this is one of the five biggest what-ifs in Rutgers history, or one of them. Like, I think if they had entered the Big East when they could have done in the 80s, 80, like 80, if they had hired Dick Vitale as basketball coach, and that would have been a big one. Um, I think, they'd be, I think they'd be in much better shape, of course. And that, you gotta remember, he had, that was still the, I think that is still the best recruiting class in Rutgers history that he left behind for sure.
1: Kyle Flood. Sure, sure. So
0: if he was here to coach it?
1: Yeah, i, I just like to think that uh, he was getting guys like Anthony Davis, right? He got the number one, like, the biggest recruit in Rutgers history. In the Big East, right? These guys that went to Michigan, Jabril Peppers, Rashawn Gary, Say we keep those guys. Or Rutgers keeps those guys at home. That's a completely different program. Those are, those are, like, basketball recruit. Uh, that's like that's like yeah. Dylan Harper level recruiting in football, right? Like, so I think when we talk about the pipeline, it all started with the recruiting. He was really on the brink of turning like really, really successful classes, and I just think what Rutgers lost when it lost Giano, it lost a leader of men, like. It lost, lost credibility. It. That's sure. what it was. Exactly. With high school coaches. Exactly. Yeah, I Absolutely. think that's the biggest
0: thing that happened.
1: Chris Ash and I mean Kyle Flood, yeah. And Kyle Flood, too. But I remember it was either Sarge or Cratch, our colleagues, wrote, a, wrote an article like, asked a coach at Bridgewater High, like,
0: yeah.
1: you have the most kids on the Rutgers roster, but he hasn't been in the building in yeah. three years during the Chris Ash era. How can that happen in New Jersey? It's unacceptable. And I think that's really why the program went down the tubes. To get back to your question, I think just the stability, it all went down by the wayside as soon as recruiting fell apart.
0: When we That's did the done. Big Ten, when we did the Big Ten series, and if you saw the story we did, we talked to Tim Pranetti about it for the first time 10 years later about getting into the Big Ten. And the biggest takeaway I had from that was just how little time you guys got to enjoy that thing. You got like zero minutes. Like you, you got into the Big Ten, you lost the first big game afterward. you know, really, you blew the chance at the BCS there, the Louisville game that year. And then everything happened with Mike Rice and she. I mean, the whole, like, every, like all the dominoes fell. I don't think, and this is, this is my, another favorite what if that I'll have. I don't know if we can leave this in the pocket. I'll leave it in the pocket, whatever. I do not think if Craig Shiano was still football coach when the Mike Rice tape came out, he would have been fired immediately. Because he's like the one guy who could look at Tim Pranetti and say, are you out of your bleeping mind? You can't keep. Wait till someone's gonna see this tape, and that would have that would have eliminated. Think about the arc of history if that didn't happen, because sure. then you don't you don't you don't get. Tim Purdy doesn't get fired. You don't get Julie Herman. You don't get like the whole. I mean, that's when the boulder really started going down the hill. That's when the things just went. Yeah, I think. To, so to your point, Greg Shannon stays. I think it's gonna be definitely different. Absolutely.
1: Great question. Yes. Um. T- mentioned earlier about the Big Ten scheduling news, um, but the, yeah. the, Big, the Big Ten also uh, had some things come out today. Pat Fitzgerald sued the Northwestern for $130 million for oh, wrongful yeah. termination. And Mel Tucker's lawyers sent a 100-page letter to Michigan State, you know, Dealing with his firing, so like I just wanted to know your thoughts on those
0: those two things. Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. Um, what do you guys think? I have no thoughts.
2: <laughs> I really have. Yeah. yeah, I I have, I have no thoughts. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's it's uh, one of uh, s- scandals that I'm glad are not happening at Rutgers. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just you think about the Mel Tucker situation. It's just, just despicable. It, I don't. The wrongful termination suit, it, it is what it is. My brother here, is here. He's a lawyer. He could probably break it down for you if you want to meet him at the bar after. Um, I don't know how that works personally. Um, and the Fitzgerald thing in Northwestern it just seemed like a snowball that got downhill really yeah. fast and just kept going and going and going. And then it was one team after another and one team after another. And uh, it just caused havoc at these schools. I mean, think about Michigan State was probably, when you looked at that as a Rutgers fan on the schedule, that's a tough game. Mm-hmm. And you look at it now, Rutgers-Allen, you're already on to the next one, yeah. right? Like, see how fast things change, like, and, and that's... And that,
0: reading that's, those two uh, stories, the, essentially, the, the Fitzgerald thing, I think he's got a case. I mean, reading that story, like, I don't know what, he's right, like, what changed between, you suspended him for two weeks, and you said, okay, great. At least, if, like, Rutgers, you suspended him for three games, and then people saw the tape, and they're like, whoa, wait a minute! Like, with Mike Rice, like, I don't know what changed there to, for him to get fired. I think he, I think he's got, he's gonna get some money. I'm less I mean, I'm less sure, I mean, I am less sure about. 130 uh, million. Well, that's just a starting point, right? I am less sure about Mel Tye. I think that is just egregious level of, I mean, how do you sexually harass the sexual harassment expert at at Michigan State with school with the biggest sexual scandal in college sports? Yeah, that to me, that's amazing. Yeah, I can't imagine. We got one. up am sorry, we got. So, uh. Switching gears uh, back to winter sports, the other the other men's winter sport, wrestling. Um Ooh, wrestling oh, questions. So, so we have uh, preseason ranking came out. We um, we have eight in the top 20, uh, yeah. and three in the top 10 right now. If I was to put the over under at All Americans at four,
2: wow. do you think that's achievable with the retooling that Bell <laughs> has done in last season between? injury recovery and portal and stuff like
1: that. Yeah, I hope uh, our boss is listening in the back there for this wrestling question. <laughs> <laughs> After last year's disappointment, not having an All-American for the first time in a really long time, it, it, I will say Goodale did a tremendous job retooling this program with the Transfer Portal. It's brought in some really good guys. Four All-Americans is a lot. Uh, when you get to the national stage, it's really tough to, to perform at the highest level. I think four is a little excessive, but you go back to the foundation that they set last year. Dean Peterson was one match away. Uh, Brian Saldano, two matches away. you got Yaroslav Slavskowski. Give me some credit for that pronunciation. Uh, a transfer from Harvard. He's from uh, Belarus. A really good contender at heavyweight. So you've got three guys right there that are legitimate contenders for All-American. The question is, who's going to be the fourth? If you're a real Rutgers wrestling fan, you would have known that uh, Shane Griffith, a national champion, was considering Rutgers for a long time, and then ultimately picked Michigan, which threw a lot of money in the transfer portal to get Shane Griffith and a bunch of other guys.
0: Michigan spending money on wrestlers. I love a it. A
1: lot of money on uh, wrestlers. He
0: got a bag. Yeah. Got That's a bag. great.
1: He got a bag, no question. Good
0: answer. Any other questions question in the back? Yes? You want to yell it out? Or you can come up. Yeah,
1: I'll yell it out.
0: Too. Okay. All right. So
1: let's say this year's a good year on the bubble for the NCAA. Does Cliff
0: stay for Ace Bailey and maybe <clears throat> Dylan Harper. So I had a chance. So the question was, would, would Cliff Omori stay to play with Dylan Harper and Ace Bailey? I asked him directly, and he looked like, like, are you out of your, are you out of your mind, kind of thing. I think the answer is no uh and it's, i understand it like he's gotta like he's gotta start his climb he stays five years and he's a guy who's got to give it a shot at this point regardless i think he understands that i think he was pretty close tell me if i'm wrong i think he was pretty close to jumping in on a two-way contract maybe last year i think he came back because he did promise his mom and i believe this he's a like he is a really sincere kid promised his mom he'd get his degree he's cl- he could get it in december if he wanted to he's gonna probably get it in, in the spring that was important to him um, and he joked about it when I asked him. He just said, like, I'm walking around the stadium and they're yelling, they're yelling, 2024, come one more year with Ace and Dylan. And I'm like, we got, he says, we got 17 guys on this team. It was a great answer.
2: So um, I don't think so, unfortunately, which would be great to watch, man. that would be fun. It would be. And they, it's a position they could really, they, they have Latham Somerville, who's a talented kid, but to have a ready-made center like Cliff come back, that would make that team probably a national title contender. Uh, I agree with Clint. I don't think it makes sense for him to come back. I don't know how close he was. I don't really think he was in the draftable field. Right. But what I'll say is that if you have a few hundred thousand dollars lying yes. around and you want to donate, maybe he'll come back. Take but. him on a yacht off into international waters and have him do a video.
0: and for yeah. But this, I mean, I joke about that. I, well, I did wonder about that because that's something that, I, that my alma mater would certainly do. They'd pay him $2 million to stay. <laughs> No like, I, like kentucky would do
1: absolutely yeah
0: that's still that is interesting is it
1: just the prospect that, that he's he won't come back because he's such a good nba prospect he's gonna be he, this year he's gonna prove he's legitimate nba ready that's the big he's just ready for a <clears> professional career
0: i think uh, what else can you learn i think that's a part of it and you eventually have to give it a shot you know and i think he's heard from and i think he's heard from the nba teams that like him like i get the sense the nets really like him and see him as a developmental guy. I don't know that that one more year in college is gonna change sure, that. Like sure. what's he gonna show this year that's gonna make them think, all right, you stay for another year in college and fans think we're hoping he has another average season. <laughs> 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 one, more, one. one more year. <laughs> good question though, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm glad you answered that question, honestly. Like that Yeah it was that good. Is, that's really good. You could
0: could string you, give him credit, he could string you guys along, like maybe, and it would be just a miserable thing for everybody involved, right? Yeah. <laughs> for sure. He's pretty i leave that off the podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, Lanny blood, flesh and blood, Bless but not Candice Lanny. Lanny, so not, still not as exciting.
1: Close enough, but uh, with, without me, there'd
0: be no Candice. Okay, uh, can like, I don't know if it works Question, uh,
1: Tim from Philadelphia. <laughs> this is an all-sport question, and we just touched upon it a little bit. Speaking of money, now with the inclusion of USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, you see, as a better fit for maybe the schedule, but how does Rutgers compete with these teams in the NIL space across all sports? When you have somebody like Caleb Williams coming into the Big Ten that's making four point seven million dollars a year in NIL and says, "I will stay in college because I can make more money."
0: That is the that is the big that is the big question with everything in college sports. Yeah, absolutely. Not only can Rutgers, does Rutgers want to? compete in that space? Do you want to be in a situation where you've got a payroll like Ohio State's going to have? And that's like fascinating to me, you know? Because there are legitimate, I put Michigan in there now too. Sure. There are legitimately like five of Oregon's going to be in there. They're like that's five professional teams that are going to have payrolls that are,
1: yeah, out, I mean, outrageous. Of course, my brother would ask a question that stumps me. That's how it goes most of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, I, I do worry about that. If I'm if I was a Rutgers fan, I would worry about that, because I know the collectives are doing their job. I'm sure you guys are pushing on the front lines to raise money for Knights of the Raritan, and and all the and the other collective out there. It's just how do you compete with Nike money, or how do you, at Oregon? how How do you compete with that when you're not getting these giant, giant, giant donations? And I think Rutgers also has a problem. Like, are we are we building facilities? Are we build are, are we Are we going after players like are we playing the shady game? I think there's a lot a lot to unfold and it's just a really until uh, I don't know if you guys are following like the NCAA the the legislation and federal government the the way that the way that the government is trying to regulate NIL is incredible like this is the level it's reached that the government has to put in laws to figure this out like that, to me, is mind-blowing, and until there's some sort of, like, clarity, I don't think there'll ever be a really good sense of Rutgers is going to compete on this level with Oregon, USC, Ohio State. We have some Home Depot money. Uh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> you're right.
2: <laughs> I do think that the more success that they're getting in basketball and football as the programs build, <laughs> there will be more enthusiasm, which will lead to more people donating. Uh, I just agree to your point that Nike and whatever USC has, the LA market, I just don't see Rutgers ever barring Home Depot guy and all these other alums that have neglected athletics for the entirety of this university's existence, barring them coming into the picture or barring one of the new alums finding vitamin water like St. John's had. I just think it's a difficult space. You're gonna have to find the edges somewhere else. I think Greg schiano has been doing a good job of that as well as trying to get every penny possible together. Yeah, right. uh, but I just don't think, if you're trying to compete with them dollar-wise, I just don't think that will ever ever happened. I think the biggest
0: fear right now in the Hale Center is if this team goes 7-5, or even better, if this team has a really good year, that it's going to be a farm system for those programs. And Greg Chanel said it. He, I think he spends half his time on NAL stuff. Yeah. I think it's yeah. like something he didn't expect. And it's a big question. Like, what's going to happen to, and we're not talking about, like, you got lucky this year. like Because a guy like Max Melton he didn't need the money. He's a, he's a, he's a Jersey kid, he wanted, he wanted to stay at Rutgers. Aaron Lewis's mom, the situation there, he wanted to stay at Rutgers. Your best players were not, Sam Brown got hurt. Like, you, your best players were not actively looking like the basketball situation, which went the other way in football. So it's gonna be a really fascinating off-season, I think, if this team does do what we think it can do the next seven weeks.
1: Good question, good question.
0: Any other questions? Yes, sir. The microphone? I'm going to (laughs) hide over here.
1: Um, Hi, Mike. Um, I know you, Mike. Um, uh, Two things. One thing. There's going to be a partial solar eclipse at the kickoff of the Michigan State game. I think that'll be really cool. I don't know if it's a good omen or a bad omen, but I think it'd be something cool to look up Um, with eclipse glasses, not not with your eyes. (laughs) Um, But... With the way that the schedule changed, obviously Rutgers fans have been very patient with Greg in terms of the development of the team and the record, and I think rightfully so. How does the new schedule and the way that it's worked out change expectations for the football team and for Greg as the coach? And also, what's happened to the Death Star? <laughs> that's, that's good. Which Another one do you want to Star take first? Star Wars reference yeah. for the dark side of the defense. Right, there you go. Uh, yeah. What do you think? I
2: think uh, I mean it probably accelerates expectations because the 2024 schedule that we talked about before where it looked like it was impossible to get six wins. Now that you're playing a much easier schedule, people are probably gonna expect a bowl rather than hoping for a bowl. So uh, I don't think that'll impact the patience people have for Greg. I think he has pretty much a very long leash. You know, uh, I think he would have to do something very bad, have like two 0-12 seasons in a row to be in danger of being fired. But I do think people are gonna expect, especially the way they're playing now, more success earlier.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think uh this season and like talk about the the best way that this team has grown and the the what what has changed and every win gets more and more important. They build more and more confidence and I I just think that Greg has the floor is higher now. And you beat Wisconsin the floor gets even higher. You get on this little run it gets higher and I just really think that uh Next season when you look at it, it sets up nicely for Rutgers and yeah. your your expectations do change. I think and this, if, yeah. even if they won't admit that publicly, like of course you ha- you do start expecting like this team should be six and six. You can go down the schedule and look at it. Yeah. It would be uneventful if that doesn't yeah. happen.
0: When the original schedules came out, my response was that twenty twenty five looked like it's the year. Yeah, now, yeah, it, yeah. now it flips for me because it just looks yeah. And again, we're talking like, just think about having this conversation two years ago and we're like, oh, it's only Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota (laughs) destroyed you a couple years ago. So the fact that you're better to the point where you can compete with those teams and now you're not, you don't have Michigan, you don't have Ohio State, you don't have Penn State, which are just a level above everybody. I mean, I think that's gotta raise expectations, no question. Sure. Definitely. I think you had a question back there, yes. Love the shirt, by the way. Well, thank you.
1: You've got a (laughs) neat model. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Uh, so, my question is actually for you guys directly, a little less about Rutgers Sports per se, more about you guys working together. Plitty, I've been reading you for a long time through all the people I've been working to beat, from Hutch to Lucci, Dan Dugan, uh Dunleavy, et cetera, et cetera. We're pulling
0: some names out, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, I want to know what you learned from the younger guys and what they learn from you. Yeah. Oh, good question. Yeah. Thank you. What do you. What Besides do? The, uh, the verbiage. You know? <laughs> yes, a, other, other, other than, every, other than
0: uh, uh, NASA's, no, okay. NASA's greatest uh, figures, what? what have you learned from, what have you learned from me?
2: Do you want to take this?
1: We'll both take it. We'll both take it. I, I, I'll just say, Steve, Steve truly is a terrific mentor. Uh, <laughs> helps us with reporting, helps us with phrasing of our questions and press conferences, yeah. helps us with our writing. I know I certainly wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Steve. And
0: What about the expense report exp- Oh, yeah, an fraud. expense report. I I'll mean, you this guy taught me how to do that. Marriott's, this guy, you didn't have a Marriott oh. Rewards I did. account.
2: I didn't, I did Until
0: it. I came along. That's important oh, yeah. stuff.
2: And I have several nights saved up for vacation, yes. <laughs> I probably shouldn't admit that, but I what,
0: I can tell you what I've learned from the younger guys on staff, and starting me before you, is just... How to produce things quickly and mass, and knowing what people are going to read. Like I was, you know, I was a dinosaur thrown into a digital world, and uh, you know, I've seen like Pat had to do it for high schools years ago. And Fonseca is the most productive man on the staff now, by leaps and bounds. He's a he's a machine. So the energy that they bring for me has just been it's great, and I, this has been fun too. Like having I think this po- I think the podcast this year has been. It's been better than it's not just two old guys like me and Sarge yelling at each other and telling old stories about, you remember in you know, 2021, whatever. It's, it's much, it is much, I think it's been fun, too.
1: I mean, we're here. I mean, like, we're this here. is a testament yeah. to that. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: We wouldn't have this. Yeah. Great question. Does anybody else have anything else? Last chance.
1: So Shiano is one of the lowest-paid coaches in the Big not Ten. Not
0: one of the lowest-paid. He is the lowest-paid lowest. coach so in the Big Ten. Yes,
1: question is, if a successful season, do you think he gets
0: an extension? Yes. Well? yes. I, think he is, I think he is two wins away from them just giving him an extension on the field at six wins. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no they,
2: question. They have a bye week right before that Ohio State game. If they're 7-1 before that game... Yes. Yeah. They could do it right there. He'll
0: get a... Greg Shiano's not going anywhere. And he said, it, like, and that was a funny interview, when I... I like I love interviewing Greg Schiano because he's engaged. Like he answers questions. Like if you I cover the Giants too, and if you like ever watch a Brian Dable press conference, it's like why am I wasting my time? It's just really boring. But Greg is engaging. He thinks he, he gives you an answer. He tells you what he thinks. And when I talked to him before the season. I'm like, hey, look, this is a contract year. Not really contract year, but you know, field coaches want to have a certain number of years on their contract. And I asked him about it, and he was just really honest about it. And that he's not thinking about it, and that he's going to be the one who decides when he comes and goes. And I thought that was great. It's true. It's 100% true. But if they go, they get the six wins. I think that is. I'd be stunned. Done deal. Yeah. All right. That's well, I want We will start with. We'll stay around for questions and do the uh, uh, informal part. Before we go, I want to thank everyone who made this possible. Kristen, Priscilla, Andrew, where are you guys? Take a bow. Our events team. This wouldn't have happened without them. <laughs> the boss Kevin Manahan's in the back of the room. Give him a of applause. Our old boss, Kevin Whitmer, sitting next to him. The godfather of the podcast is back there. <laughs> and everybody else, I'm sure I'm forgetting. Thanks to you guys. And thanks for every, again. Thanks to Deco. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thanks to Chris Palladino. And Devco, the Helix is coming. The Helix is coming. I'll tell you the story of recording that ad in Beyonce's studio later if you want to hear it. Uh, thanks to them, of course, for sponsoring and for making this possible. Thanks and to again, Blackthorn for hosting. The Blackthorn, of course, for hosting. Anybody else that I forgot? Um, no? That's what? it. Anybody? John Glenn. Candice, Candice <laughs> for field hockey knowledge. Thank you. Best Lanny. John. Yes. <laughs> Candice Lanny and John Glenn, two American heroes. <laughs> And all of you for coming again. Thanks again, guys. You were great. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com slash insider.